0: Welcome to our program, Coach to Coach. Today's guest is Marie Arimar. Marie is a certified clarity coach, sharing principles behind clarity and making a real difference in every client's life. Marie works with parents and younger people, both privately and through schools, organizations, and charities. You can learn more about Marie's work on her website, realizationworks.com, and that's with an S, not with a Z, if you're not in North America. (laughs) And uh, thank you for joining us today, Marie. It's so nice to be here with you.
1: Oh, thank you, Greg. It's my absolute pleasure. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: Yeah, so the way I love to start these off is to ask what first sparked your interest in coaching?
1: Yeah, it's such a great opening question. Um, So my background has been in education, uh, 16 to 19 year olds, that's further education in the UK. And uh and in a college of six, uh, three and a half thousand students, I was the the head of pastoral support. So I, I looked after 140 personal tutors, um, twelve senior tutors, attendants, UCAS, you know, university applicants, um, you know, everything to do with the young people that wasn't academic. And so, if you can imagine, you know, that my team we were constantly in one-to-ones with young people and it was something that I really thrived in and, and the young people, there was an affinity, you know, it just seemed to work and um, it and, and the age group of 16 to 19 or even younger actually, but it's a beautiful age group, it's very exciting, you know, it's a lot, it's challenging and alarming for some of them but it's an exciting time and um, unfortunately I I, I left that place I moved on to other colleges and unfortunately in the UK uh, further education was the hardest hit of all the education sectors in in the austerity cuts so uh, college counsellors went first and then a lot of pastoral teams uh, got made redundant so I found myself redundant and that was that was um, strange. It was OK, but it was strange. Uh, I went off and did some work at the university in Exeter in in, in Devon, where I, I live in the UK. Uh, but it wasn't for me. And I thought, you know, my calling is to be doing that one to one work with young people. And it wasn't to be a counsellor, you know, a, 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 the, the normal route of counselling therapy. I had started on that route and I wanted that informal two way uh, easy conversation where some great insights happen. And so I just went for it. I was in a position where I could go for it and I just went for it. And, uh, and I'm really, really glad I did. That was, uh, 2016. Yeah.
0: I suppose with all those cuts, there's a, it's left a gaping hole in the, you know, in the communities in terms of the need. Yeah. Those kids have. So it's, uh,
1: it's um, yeah, it's okay. interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because, because you know, you can really focus on what happens in the classroom, but there's a whole lot of stuff right. going on outside of the classroom, and uh, and and that's what that's what I'm working with now. You know, and that impacts the classroom a lot. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, you've already kind of preluded to the next question, so maybe we can peel it back a little more, but. Tell us more about your business and uh, how you're working and who you're helping.
1: It was really interesting, the business side of it, because um, because I felt I was just doing something I felt so passionate about. It wasn't work and therefore, how do I charge? And, you know, setting out to be a coach you know, I did four years. So since 2018, I've done four solid years of coach training uh, you said that I was a, a certified clarity coach and I've done other training around that. And um, and part of that was understanding what my business would look like, because, you know, you you want to reach out and help your friends or children. or but, but somehow, you know, you need to make that be a business model. And actually, it fell into place much more easily than I thought it would, because uh Behind a a child who's feeling anxious or or feeling challenged, there's often a parent who's feeling anxious and challenged. And when you have that conversation with the parent, who's really the client, you know, you, you can see them start to think, okay, maybe there's some hope, maybe this isn't as challenging as I thought it was. And so often... I'm working with the young person, but I might be working with the parents. Sometimes I work together. You know, I've got an 80 year old client at the moment. you know, so uh, I've got I've got a whole range of clients. They don't have to fit into that mold. but if I if, if I was asked what my business model is, it's, it really is. Young people, I would say from 12 up to 18, mostly. Um, have some different ages um, and parents I often that often just comes along the way yeah. really the focus is on the young people um, I also am a podcaster Um and I have a, a, a podcast series called precarious parenting and that really was for parents it's for anybody who wants just listening to other people who feel Uh, they've had an incredibly challenging experience but they've come through it and it's that's great to listen to the the hope and love and 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 the joy of actually coming through those journeys so I do that and I I have my book that I think we might talk about a bit later so so just trying to be something that's offering more than just face-to-face talking
0: it's, it's interesting what you said about the, the child and the parents, and I, I had a client the other day who has an employee, who has a teenage child, and, and she was talking about um, possibly having me coach her employee, and she was worried about, you know, the the anxiety and stress and things that her employee is going through and the impact that's having on her teenage child. So I can see, it, and, you know, I talked about a, a common metaphor we use in coaching, which is the oxygen mask in the airplane. You know, you got to put your own mask on first before you can help somebody else. So there's this natural kind of like, if you, if the parent can better manage their stress and anxiety, then they're kind of going to model that for the child. I'm just curious if you've seen in working with the child and them improving in those areas, if you've seen kind of the the reverse flow of that, where you know the the parent can actually benefit from the modeling that the child might be doing.
1: Yeah, well, you know, what strikes me when you say that is the first thing that comes into my head is often when I work with young people, they're often feeling responsible for their parents' well being. And their parents are feeling responsible for their child's well being. So everybody's tippy toeing around on eggshells trying to be responsible for each other without any real success because it leads to lack of discussion or assumptions or you know so when we can when we can see that one realizes that they can pull back they don't have to be responsible that has an impact on the other one by default which is um i think is a really nice thing to to be able to see um and and i and i had um was talking to somebody recently and she was telling me that her young child is very anxious, but she said, but I'm really anxious. I'm really, I have anxiety. You know, it was a thing that she has, she's been diagnosed with it. And she said, so, you know, the thing is, that's just how I am. And, and it's like, well, okay. And, and there you are seeing anxiety in your child. So it's, um, I don't know if that bit quite answers your question but I really see them as dovetailed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that because it's um you know, my own experience like I I'm, I'm a, a the ultimate picky eater like you know, think of your typical 3-year-old in a 50-year-old body. <laughs> and I used to always have this story in my head about well, yeah, my my dad and his mom, they were super picky eaters and then on my mom's side of the family, it was like my grandfather was the most stubborn person you could ever meet and i kind of combined the stubbornness with the picky eating to create the ultimate picky eater but it was almost and then now that i have my own kids it's like the stories that we tell ourselves um and convince ourselves that oh yeah these traits whether it's picky eating or anxiety or depression or whatever it is is like somehow hereditary or of course my kid is anxious because i'm anxious all the time um Mm -hmm. And it really there isn't, you know, there may be some hereditary things. I don't know. I'm not a a professional doctor or a doctor, I say I am a professional coach, but <laughs> um, you know, it's it's more to do with our psychology and our, our thinking than it is anything to do with you know, the fact that we can break out of those those patterns and those stories.
1: Well, I think you're I think you're right. And I'm just reminded of um working with a lad who um he got beaten up by four people, four of his peers. And one of them was a very old friend of his from way back, way back in like, you know, when they when they first started school, but now they were at different secondary schools. And so he was beaten up outside his home or near his home by four people of one of whom was a dear friend of his. And he was really, really upset. Obviously this lad, obviously it was traumatic. And the mum said to me, well, I'm just not letting him out of the house again. And it's like, oh, why? You know, I'm praising, but you know, why? And she said, well, it might happen again. He's not, I'm not letting him out again. And this is a lad who's uh, 14, you know, and it's like, okay, that's an approach, but it's an approach based on the parents' feelings of fear and worry and what ifs, and it's based on something very real. Her son was beaten up.
0: Yeah.
1: I get that, but is that gonna be helpful? Who knows? Possibly not, who knows? But it's worth exploring.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I think, you know, what comes, at, comes up for me in that example is, um, you know, people don't really often know, like, they don't have a lot of, of uh, things to choose from. They just pick the thing they think is the best course of action.
1: Absolutely. You know, obviously,
0: the, the, in that case, the most, the, the I don't necessarily, easy is probably the, the wrong word for it, but the fastest path to safety is not to go out. Absolutely. Um, but you, you know, can't really live your life that way. At least that's one thing we've learned in the last two years is <laughs> it's not much of a life when you're trapped in your house for a long time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not really getting to the root of the issue. And the root of the issue is, this lad wants to understand why his mate did that. And I think not being allowed to leave the house is is a way for to be safe, for sure. It's a definite planning and preparation step, but as a strategy, but I'm not sure it's actually getting to the nub of how this lad feels about what happened. And of course, that's what we're doing together, yeah.
0: I have no doubt you'll you'll uh, get him moved along that road.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, his mum uh, messaged me today. I, I I had a session with him yesterday, uh, uh, the second session, and his mum messaged me. She emailed me today, and she said he has just slept through the night for the first time. She said he went to bed about an hour after our session, and our session was after school, and he slept through, and she had to wake him up to go to school. So something's shifted for him that he's actually been able to relax enough to have a very mega sleep. So fingers crossed.
0: Fingers crossed for sure, yeah. The uh, the healing power of sleep too cannot be underestimated.
1: Isn't that the truth?
0: I know uh you know we we often talk about what our insight friendly spaces are and for me napping is one of mine. And uh, I don't know, I, I listen to my my body as best as I can, like when I'm tired and, and, it's, and I always wake up with a, a new idea or a new perspective or something, so.
1: so true. I think that um, the ability to nap, my husband calls it, you know, like power naps, like 10 minutes, he says, 10 minutes, it's all I need, power nap. Uh, I think it's a life skill. I don't actually have that, like he can sleep anywhere. He could probably sleep standing up for 10 yeah. minutes. Um, but I do sleep well at night, generally, on the whole, and it is a blessing. Yeah.
0: Mm. Um, you've already given us some some examples. I'm just wondering if there's any more examples you'd like to share. Maybe I did
1: think about one. Um, so the way I, the way I work, um, I work on a monthly basis. So I ask the parent and the young person to commit to a month, and that could be weekly, an hour a week, or it could be fortnightly or twice and whatever whatever it's all bespoke but generally that's how I work and so sometimes they might stay with me I don't know say for three months and then they might go down to say fortnightly for a couple of months and then you know because I don't want them forever they they don't need me it's not me here so but sometimes I get asked to see somebody once and I'm kind of like what do you want me to do in one session but I wanted to tell you about one It was really lovely, and um, because sometimes I can be talking to a a fifty-year-old man and not be able to have a deep conversation. I can talk to a twelve-year-old sometimes about spiritual issues. You know, I can. We can go deep. So it just depends on the the rapport and the engagement. You know, of whatever's going on between us. And so sometimes somebody will say to me, my child's in crisis, can you do one session? And I'm like, "Well, nah, not so much. I don't, I don't expect so, who knows? But I had this one and this girl is six. And, she, um, and the mum said that when she goes to school, if there's a fire drill, she completely has a meltdown. She's convinced her favorite teddies, her loved ones, they're all gonna die in a fire. And it's got to the point where leaving the house, she is like, mummy, um, uh, have you turned the oven off? Mummy, go back and check the oven. Are you sure? And 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 the mum was just talking to me and she wasn't even thinking it was an issue. She was like, is that normal? I'm like, I don't think so. Not really. And so I, let's just do one session. Because she didn't have much money and, and and actually we bartered because she, she she wasn't able to afford anything, but she was offering a service that would work for me. So we bartered. And I ended up in this session with this six year old and then the three year old lad came and he's on my lap. So I'm trying to do this session with a three year old, like looking at me and putting my hair and playing with my glasses. And, and you just got to have fun. Right. I mean, I know, you know that. And we just, um, I took a few props and we just talked about the power of thought and how we don't have to believe it. And I had a bubble, you know, a bubble pot with a stick and you blow, Mm -hmm. I had one of those and we had bubbles going everywhere. And we were just playing with the idea that these thoughts aren't permanent and they, they can pop, they can pass. We don't have to buy into them anymore. And also we had a conversation, this was like 40 minutes, and we had a conversation about the fact that she isn't responsible. And like her mum and her dad are responsible for the oven being off, not her. I was quite clear about that. Anyway, it was mayhem. It was mayhem, Greg. And there were bubbles everywhere and this three-year-old was everywhere and the six-year-old was everywhere. And I thought, do you know what? And I started to read her my book and she said, Oh no! Don't read me the book. It was it was too much for her, so I didn't read the book. Anyway, I saw this lady uh, uh, earlier this week, and I said, "How's your daughter?" And she said, "There's been fire drills at school, and she hasn't she hasn't blinked. She hasn't talked about the oven." And it's like I don't take credit for that. It's like. She just needed to hear, she didn't need anything, sorry, she was able to hear that it wasn't her responsibility, and she didn't have to believe that anymore, and we just did it in a way that worked for her age six. So I just wanted to share that, because it's a lovely, joyful example.
0: It's, it's interesting, because I've been in, I don't know, hundreds of hours of courses and listening to Know, audiobooks and podcasts and things i've never heard that bubble if you want to call it a metaphor so i, I love like i've heard clouds and, and all this thing but you know it, it is such a, a visual like it, it's just you know
1: it's awesome
0: one of those things it's so simple a six-year-old could understand it but it's also it so is. simple a 50-year-old could understand it
1: right? it's and so awesome and i tell you what in my bag of tricks i have got a toy bubble machine it's like it's like that big, it's it's plastic, it's loads of different colors, and it's got yeah. a uh, white, is it a white? No, okay. it's a battery. So you press an on button mm. and just all these bubbles shoot out. It's like a foam machine, but it's a bubble machine. Yeah. And I've taken that into primary schools before. Yeah. And it's mayhem, but it's yeah. great.
0: Yeah, well, it turns yeah. the whole thing into fun too, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's fun to, I don't know, see a thought and then burst it. <laughs> um, yeah. Or, or let it just float away and burst itself like it's yeah
1: either way is going to happen it's you're yeah. never going to keep it you're never yeah. going to keep it and the great thing about that is you know children give it to you straight you know i started reading another book it takes 10 minutes to read she's like nah don't do that i'm like okay <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah like that's that's <laughs> that's what's awesome to the kids like they don't they're not going to humor you and say yeah yeah okay fine, I can put up with this for 10 minutes. they just say, no, I I don't need that or want that right
1: now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I
0: thought thought you were going to say that uh, you're going to incorporate carrying a three-year-old child around into all your sessions.
1: uh, Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He was (laughs) amazing. I I fell in love with him. He's like a puppy. He's like a Labrador, a golden Labrador puppy. That's what he was if he would be an animal. And I just wanted to take that boy home and his mum said, yeah, everybody falls in love with him. Yeah, uh, um, yeah it was great.
0: That's awesome. Um, I don't know if, it, if it's a continuation of the bubble theme, but uh, you know, the next question is, if there's one thing you'd want people to know, what would that be?
1: Yeah. Um, um, well, there's two things, really. Uh, we already have what we're looking for. You know, I talk a lot about com- you know confidence. This sounds facetious, but it's not. Um, you know, confidence isn't something that we can order off of Amazon. You know, I've run out. I need a kilo of Amazon of of confidence. You know, it's it's there within us all the time, and 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 I like to think that I get a big torch and I shine it back on that. Uh, but the other thing I think is even more important is is to parents and to sort of to know that our children's behaviour. Is not the truth of who they are. Because our children can behave in ways that feel so alarming and scary. And we feel like we've lost them or we we can't even recognize them, you know, from their behavior. And we kind of um, um, and we often fall into judgment about that, about who they are, but it's it's not who they are. It's not, and that's the message I think I'd love, given that I'm talking about young people and parents. See behavior as something that they're doing because whatever's going on for them, but it's not the truth of who they are. It's who they've who they've always been is the truth of who they are. Loving, caring, beautiful young people. I love
0: that. I mean, one of the things I've gotten out of the three principles has been the whole idea of psychological innocence. And until this conversation, I never really thought about it in terms of how it, would apply to children,
1: but
0: um, mm. probably, you know, even more so, you know, if you think about children are just doing the best they can to get what it is they think they need or want. And often that ends up in bad behavior um, because that's the only thing they can make sense of or, or, or solution that they, they've come up with
1: and it's really hard to articulate sometimes and also sometimes it's really hard to be heard because it's really interesting that often people talk about young people are like they're they're a different species to grown ups and and of, and what i sometimes marvel at is how a uh, uh, a young person can go to school all day and come home and we're surprised that they're tired you know but they've actually been engaged in a busy you know, cerebral kind of, and then the social dynamics and trying to fit in—it's—it's it's hard work, yeah. you know. And 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 I think we all get in our own homes. We all get very lost in our own word worlds, and and taking time to listen to each other—I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But we don't often listen without judgments and without assumptions and without comparisons. And without criticism, it's all innocent. We don't mean to, but we're often watching our young people through goggles of of preconceived ideas. And that's not listening. We don't listen to them. They don't listen to us. You know, it's uh, it's an interesting dynamic.
0: Yeah. Well, I often find, too, as a, as a parent, you know, our expectations for what our children should be capable of. Like, can't they control themselves, but you as an adult You're not controlling yourself (laughs) in most of those situations either. So it's. uh,
1: Uh, And we forget what we did.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally.
1: You know, can we really say that we haven't done those things? And then there's a whole nother conversation about brain development. And we don't, I don't think we give enough credit to what's actually going on in the teenage brain. And, you know, sometimes they respond with grunts and you know that whole kind of fight flight freeze because they're working from a different part of their brain they're not working from this front bit which is negotiation and compassion and empathy and communication skills because not developed properly yet yeah huge conversations to be had greg
0: yeah well it's, it's interesting my kids are 16 and 18 so I look back now that I'm into coaching and things at my own parenting over the, those 18 years, and you know, do a lot of these head slap kind of things. Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> um, it's funny you mentioned how t- you know how tired kids can be, or, or like I we used to drop my kids off at you know uh, before school care at like seven in the morning because my wife and I both worked, and then they'd have that, then they go to school, then they go to after school care, and we pick them up at six six thirty. And it's like, that's a long day for a six, seven, eight year old. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and then you wonder why they're a little uh, agitated when they get home.
1: Yeah. And sleep patterns change. You know, there is all this data that shows that it would be better if they went to sleep later and started school later. But, but yeah, I think that's been tried. You know, I mean, we're all doing the best we can, all of us. You know, nobody's pointing fingers at parents. We're all doing the best we can moment to moment with what we've got. And sometimes we get it right and sometimes we get it wrong. Me too, I'm a step parent. You know, I've made some right clangers and I've done some things that have been supremely helpful in the right moment, as we all have. You know, we can't beat ourselves up for it. I think it's about learning, communicating and listening, 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 listening above all else. Because I think young people wanna be heard and I think think they're heard. In class, they're often not heard. They're told to sit, be quiet, sit still. Interesting.
0: Well, I was thinking about you before Christmas because I had a a session with a client and he's got two kids, six and eight. And that's when you came to mind in your your book. And uh, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about, do you wanna know a secret?
1: Oh yeah, thank you. Thanks, Greg. Um, yeah so it's it's uh, it's a little book um it it's I call it a toilet book because it's not it takes about 10 minutes to read and and basically you know you can toilet book sorry it's a bit crude but you know you can pick it up at any stage and read something in it and yeah. it's for sort of i'd say 8 year olds to adults mm-hmm. um and i've just tried to give a little bit of calm and what a lot of young people say is When either they've read it or I might read it to them sometimes in part of a session quite early on and they often say ah I thought I was alone I thought I was the only one and that's a big thing and I think that's huge that that we all get caught up in thought storms we all get caught up in our own busy minds and there is a way through it we don't have to don't have to believe the past you know we the past is gone and it's our it's our thinking of it now in relation to what happened back then and you know I I think I'm really self-published and it's gone out all over the world and I'm really enjoying its journey it's just its journey now Mm. and I hear some really I mean people quite a lot of coaches um uh this sounds like a sales thing, it's really not. But quite a lot of coaches buy a number of them at a time and give them to their clients. And one coach from America sent me a beautiful picture of a homemade card. And this lad, his parents were in a divorce. Uh, the the mum was having therapy with this coach. Um, this lad's aunt was terminally ill. And he was going to see, he went to see her in a hospice. She was at end of life. And he did this card and it was lifted from the sun and the clouds drawing yeah. and saying that, you know, the clouds pass, but the sun is always there. And he gave it to her. And I'm like, yeah, brilliant. That is so cool that he got that and wanted to share that with his dying aunt. I mean, yeah. blinding yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm very proud of it, actually. And 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 the obvious thing to say next is it can be it can be bought on amazon but it's actually much cheaper from my website because i have better postage and if somebody wanted to um to get more then i would say contact me and and we'll we'll sort it out real time postage not you know it's um yeah so thank you for that
0: yeah well thank you um and what is you can share your website again and assuming that's the best way to get in touch with you if people want to learn more about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, and it is the best way.
0: Yeah. The name of your podcast again.
1: Yeah, so um my website is realizationworks.com with an S, not a Z, realizationworks.com, because it does. Realization does work. And actually everything is on there. The podcasts are on there, the books on there. Um yeah, the podcast called Precarious Parenting. Um, there's quite a lot of information on there. So um, yeah, I'd guide people to that and they can email me via that.
0: It, it, it's funny because I've taken up a practice of going for a long walk every day and listening to podcasts or audiobooks. And And um, when you had Dick and Bettinger on as a guest, that was the first one of your podcasts I'd listened to. And then of course, as soon as like, you're in my kind of I don't know, playlist or whatever other episode, I've, been, I've listened to a few episodes and even though i'm beyond kind of beyond that parenting age group still super helpful i mean you're the things you're pointing to are so universal and uh, thank you can help everyone so I
1: and i think the, the podcast series isn't three principles based past per, per se it's kind of three principles by stealth but um i'd guide people to jack pranksy dick bettinger and mavis khan they are all beautiful guests and uh or oh, it just blows you away what they've got to say yeah. Yeah. well thank you so
0: much for joining me today it's been a, a pleasure I've
1: Enjoyed it. oh it's my pleasure i've loved it i'm so pleased to be talking to you thank you
0: thank you see you again soon